I'm Alex Ashton, and this is The Detail. Remember that tune? To be honest, I don't. I wasn't born. But the goodnight Kiwi signalled the end of the day's programming. Clearly, things have come a long way. We can essentially watch whatever we like whenever, without having cartoon animals suggesting we go to bed. Good news, right? Well... It's a story of free-to-air television at the moment. It's shrinking. The revenues are shrinking. The audiences are shrinking. TV3 is up for sale. The government is looking at rebuilding TVNZ from scratch. And every other day there's a new subscription service. No wonder viewers are confused. We're seeing a second wave of disruption in an industry that's already been disrupted significantly. Mark Jennings is the co-editor of newsroom.co.nz, but before that he was head of news at MediaWorks. We're seeing these big US-based multimedia giants uh, going for a second round. Um, We've had Netflix, and now Netflix is kind of being disrupted um, by the Disney+, Plus, the Apple TV+, and they're all starting to arrive in New Zealand And it's making the local scene, well, as you say, quite confused and highly, highly competitive. What was the first round of disruption? I think it was the uh, Facebooks and Googles, um, which really disrupted the business models of conventional media. Facebook and Google take 80 to 90 percent of all the digital advertising in this country. And that's destroyed the profitability of traditional media here and now we're seeing these other competitors come in and the squeeze on the businesses in New Zealand is just well it's it's huge. And let's talk about how that's showing itself then with one very obvious example TV3. MediaWorks can no longer make a profit in television, so it's put itself up for sale. The station's 500 staff were called to a meeting this morning and told the company would keep making radio but sell off its TV arm because it's no longer financially viable. What's the current state of where things are at with the MediaWorks TV sale? Heard anything about that? Any progress? Well, I've heard that there are quite, or there is quite a bit of interest in buying it. I find this quite hard to believe because we've seen MediaWorks give television a really, really red-hot go. They've tried everything and they can't make a buck. Here's MediaWorks chief executive, Michael Anderson, explaining what they've done. We have consistently improved our ratings. We've improved our prime time consistency. We have improved our revenue shares every year. And so... When you look at operational performance, we for three years we've been consistently improving on every metric. So it's going to be a very brave outfit that thinks it can buy it and actually turn it uh, into a profitable organisation. I can't really see how it can be done. Um, but the reason that it's up for sale is the competition. Essentially, there's too much um, free-to-air television in this country for the size of the country. That's meant a lack of investment uh, from the owners, um, who in MediaWorks cases are US um, Vulture Fund uh, and an Australian billboard company. They haven't invested in on-demand because there just hasn't been the profitability there. 
And now they've got um, joining TVNZ's quite successful on-demand operation, which uh, the government-owned state broadcaster has invested in. They've now got all these new players like Netflix, Lightbox, Neon, Disney+, Plus, etc. So they've, they've thrown in the towel. Not a lot of give when you've only got 5 million versus 25 million in Australia versus 250 million. Um, and so, so I think New Zealand's feeling that disruption quite quickly uh, in, in the free-to-air market. It seems almost like a case study for why it's hard to run free-to-air television in New Zealand on a purely commercial model. Is there anyone realistically who would buy that? And if so, why would they buy a product that's not working? I think there's always buyers for TV stations. Um, there's something glamorous, there's something romantic about TV stations. And, you know, maybe there's a kind of eccentric billionaire or millionaire out there that wants to own one. Maybe they've got a big ego and they like the idea of it. But I think they have to be prepared to lose money. The other potential buyers are... CBS, the American, uh, big American uh, TV network, it apparently is sniffing around. I don't know whether it's a bidder or not, um, but they own uh, Network 10 in Australia. Um, so they are in this part of the world. Coming up next on 10, the premiere of The Secret Life of Four-Year-Olds. And later, new Have You Been Paying Attention? And they probably understand smaller scale markets. They also have a lot of programs and products that they could put in to uh, TV3 uh, at low cost. So that might be a, a possibility. The Australian networks probably have looked at it, but then they've had opportunities before and decided uh, not to enter the market. They've probably got enough problems of their own. Um, audiences are doing the same thing in Australia. They're falling. Um, the most logical buyer would still be Sky. Um, Sky would get the synergies that other players wouldn't get. It would allow it to close down Prime, which is a drag on the market, and loses money for Sky. Why is Prime a drag on the market? Uh, because, again, we have too many TV stations in New Zealand and there isn't the revenue base from advertisers to support them all. And Prime drags down prices. New Zealand's got about the cheapest um, advertising TV advertising rates in the world, and it's because we've got too much inventory in the market. It's an open and transparent process, and it's, and it's designed not to have a presumption about who the potential buyers could be. Let's say Sky buys it. Is it pretty much going to look the same, or what, what might actually happen to when I try to watch TV3? Yeah, that's a good question, and it does depend on who buys it. If Sky was to buy it, you'd see a lot more free-to-air sport on it. Um, you'd probably also see some of the best programming off Prime uh, go onto it. And I think they would also pursue a local content strategy, just as TVNZ is, because the only differentiator in this market is local product. You're not going to compete with the Netflix the Disneys, etc. they are going to have the best international product. And in fact, it's one of the problems that the free-to-air channels are facing. These big um, producers, if you like, are withdrawing product um, from the free-to-airs and going directly to the audience. Like um, Sky, for instance, has had to drop its Disney channels because that's um, you know, going to be on Disney Plus now. 
Um, we're going to see more and more of that. So they've got to move to local. The big problem, though, is that local is really expensive to produce, and a lot of it has to be supported by the taxpayer through New Zealand On Air. And it's only high-rating programs like The Block that are heavily integrated with commercial uh, products and messages, um, product placement, that can actually break even or even perhaps turn a small profit. Shaping up to be one of my favourite rooms in the apartment. Will the judges feel the same? If no one buys it, what happens then? If no one buys TV3, I think um, it's one of two things. It either shuts um, with the loss of a lot of jobs, or what I think is more likely is that MediaWorks will keep owning it and they will keep it running. But what they'll do is they'll say, look, we've put this on the market, we don't have any uh, proper bids, Um, we've done the right thing, if you like, by New Zealand society, so we're going to now basically scale it right back. Um, make it a really low-cost operation, shed a lot of staff, but we are going to keep it going. That's what I think will probably happen. Were you surprised the other day when you saw this story that came up on RNZ? The fate of RNZ and TVNZ may soon be in the hands of Cabinet Ministers as they consider a proposal to disestablish both broadcasters and create uh, an entirely new public media entity. The government is moving on plans for public broadcasting in New Zealand as the media industry faces an uncertain future. No, that didn't surprise me. It's been on the cards for a long time because it makes sense, I guess, to from a, a cost point of view to have one organisation. The problem is here, and it's well known, is that the The cultures of TVNZ and RNZ are really different. Now, I think the way of getting around this is is what now seems to be the preferred option um, by the minister's advisory group and probably the minister himself, and that is to start again with a new organisation, start from scratch, hire people in to do different job descriptions. Instead of just being a radio reporter, you'll be a TV and radio and digital reporter. It kind of solves some issues, but the big problem with it is the cost. It's going to cost a huge amount. And whether this country and and cabinet feels the country can afford it is going to be a major issue. Is TVNZ really in such a bad position as it is now? Does it need saving or restructuring or anything like that, or is it just hunky-dory carrying on? I don't think it's in trouble um, right now, but the the thought behind this is that down the track it will be, and this moves to kind of future-proof it. I think there's another um, issue here, and that is there has always been a strong lobby for TVNZ, if you like, the state television broadcaster, to have a public service mandate. Uh, public sector broadcasting is essential to democracy. Uh, if we're going to be something more than consumers, if we're going to be citizens, uh, then we need a proper public sector broadcaster. We have Radio New Zealand, uh, but we actually need something on television as well. It's sort of tried it before, um, but then under a national-led government, that the charter was scrapped and it became a fully commercial operator. There, there are multiple factors that are, are leading to this idea, but it's not in trouble right now, but there is a cliff which potentially um, in four or five years' time, TVNZ goes over. 
if its on-demand streaming service doesn't work as it as it really uh, hopes it uh, is going to. So yeah, there are issues, but right now, no, I think it's it's doing okay. But this is the problem: the market is changing so much, and the threats are coming from everywhere. And I think this is worrying both the government uh, and the industry. Is it worth fighting so hard to save free-to-air television? Because the reality is people aren't watching like they used to, and more and more people are looking to these subscription services. Do we need to, you know, is, is it worth trying to save that really traditional format if no one's going to watch yeah. it? Um, it's not worth saving the format, but it is worth saving the free part of it. Because as Kevin Kenrick, who the TVNZ CEO, put it to me, Viewers pay one way or another. It's either with their cash, their time, or their data. Now, there's a lot of people out there that want to pay with their time and probably don't mind paying a bit with their data, although we all sort of make out that we don't like that. But when it really comes down to it, well, you know, they've got our data anyway, haven't they? So I think the free model will survive, and I think the advertising industry in New Zealand will really want it to survive. Um, Because if you subscribe to what we call SVOD, Subscription Video On Demand, there are no ads. You pay your money and you get uninterrupted viewing. SVOD, just to reiterate, as you'll hear the acronym again, is Subscription Video On Demand. That's Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Neon, those ones. No ads, but you pay up front. For advertisers, they still want to be in the stream, and that's where TVNZ is playing it quite smart. They're inserting one or two ads, a, a light ad load, into their programs that are being streamed. And I think it's quite a successful model. So I think, yes, the free needs to be uh, sustained, but the platform of turning on a, a big screen uh, television um, in your house... Uh, which is getting its signal from a mountain somewhere in the distance uh, from you, I think those days are rapidly coming to an end. Before we really crack into the SVOD stuff, I just want to finish with one question about the TVNZ, RNZ thing, and it's a bit of a crystal ball question. Is your guess that at the end of all of this discussion, there's going to be a very different-looking equivalent of TV1, TV2? The TVNZ TV channels, are they going to look significantly different? Yes, I think they are going to look significantly different, but it won't be, it'll probably be about four years' time before we see that. So there's a lot of work to do, Uh, there's a lot of uh, politicians to be convinced, I think. SVODs, so just how significant is that shift to those kind of services? The shift to SVOD is hugely significant, and it's a huge part of the demise of free-to-air television because it is so easy. Um, You can watch the best drama, the best films, the best series uh, at basically the touch of a button. The only thing about it is that you are now paying for it. And it's interesting that Netflix has really increased the, the cost because Netflix has been losing billions and billions. It spends billions on content. 
They talk about the growth of the, of the business. It's really kind of they talk about a, a virtuous circle, a virtuous cycle, which is we need to spend money on programming to drive subscriber growth, which then generates revenue and cash flow to fund even more investment um, in, in programming. So this is a story that's really driven by subscriber growth. That's really what drives the entire Netflix story. Now it's got that market share, it's going to try and make money. So it's, it's hiked the price. Um, it's up to $17 now. Um, but I think people are hooked on it. And I, for one, I'm, I'm hooked on it. So I'm going to pay the money. The competitors are coming in like they have to uh, when you're a second mover in the market, like Disney+. Plus. They're coming in at nine ninety nine because they need some sort of edge in this market. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that tactic uh, plays out. But this isn't the end of it. There's, there's going to be others. You're going to see Apple TV+, Plus. we'll possibly see um, HBO, NBC. We'll see all these other players come in. So the big issue I think is going to be is how many subscription services are you going to pay for? And what, what is your limit here? How many subscriptions are people willing to pay for, do you think? Well, we know in the U.S. they're willing to pay for, on average, three per household. Um, In Australia, it's 1.9. I'm not sure here. Um, But I think there are economic um, uh, limitations on this. You know, New Zealand is not a wealthy country. Um, and we do watch our discretionary spending uh, quite closely, or a lot of households have to. So there will be a factor in there, and that's where I think TVNZ uh, is counting on. Um, It's counting on its advertising model, uh, finding a place in all this and continuing. The problem for TVNZ's um, AVOD, as they call it, um, it's an advertising-supported model, um, we'll be finding Which enough... is when they play the ads during it, almost more like traditional TV rather than paying subscription. Correct. Yeah. The problem for TVNZ will be finding enough good content. Um, it's banking on increasing the local, but you also need international product. So that's going to be the hard part um, for the competitors of these US giants, Netflix, Disney, Apple. You say that um, the, the local free-to-air networks can't compete with the likes of Netflix and Disney+. Plus, But can local SVODs subscription services compete with international SVODs? That's a really good question because there are really two um, SVOD uh, players, local SVOD players here. And that's Lightbox, which is owned by Spark. Watch the shows you love, ad-free, from the very beginning, because life's too short for bad TV. And Sky's uh, SVOD uh, properties, which include Neon, which is an uh, entertainment-based platform. There are lots of easy ways for you to enjoy Neon on your big-screen TV. I think they are really going to struggle, and I think we're going to see something happen uh, in that market. The obvious solution would be for Neon and Lightbox to combine, for Spark and Sky to work together. However, the bitter fight between those two for sports rights has probably meant that the relationship between the CEOs um, and the executive teams is not that flash at the moment, and that might actually hinder this. But I think we will see some rationalisation in the market um, around these platforms, and that could well be one. 
So with an overcrowded market getting more crowded with subscription services and an uncertain future for our free-to-air networks, what's going to give? There's a lot of consolidation going on in international markets. The big players are getting bigger. They're taking each other over. Um, They think consolidation is necessary for their survival. And here we have tiny little New Zealand with all these players, and we've had no consolidation. Really, we've got to have some consolidation here. We have to have a lower number of players who are bigger. Um, But kind of no one wants to blink in all this. Um, But I really do think we're going to see a a lower number of players here. We're probably going to see RNZ and TVNZ, as we talked about, uh, combined. I think um, we will see either, um, if MediaWorks TV keeps going, it'll combine with Sky or another player. Essentially, we're dying through a thousand cuts at the moment. Players have got to get bigger. Um, But how that's going to happen and when it's going to happen... I think that's what everyone is just kind of looking at and going, well, something's going to happen, but with who and when? And that consolidation obviously makes it cheaper and makes it sustainable. But Mm. what would a market that looks like that, fewer big players, mean for viewers? I think viewers are going to have plenty of great content to look at. What I think, though, they're going to have to get really used to is paying for it. And maybe we've had too big a free ride um, up until now. I think that's going to be the big change. Um, Get used to getting your wallet out um, to pay for this. That's the detail for today. I'm Alex Ashton. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Rangi Powick and produced by Alexia Russell. Thanks to Newsroom's Mark Jennings. Kakite anō.